podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Kool-Aids. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. And in today's episode, we are going to do a Barca youth update with Troy, and then we'll do a quick athletic Bilbao preview. Before we get into those topics, a quick word from NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you'd never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com Barca now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com slash Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. All right, so this week was relatively quiet here in Spain as it concerns Barcelona. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to get an update about Barca youth from Troy. Troy joins me. Troy, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Like I said, it's been pretty quiet this week as it, you know, in terms of FC Barcelona news, obviously they didn't play midweek. Uh, there was no new corruption scandals. So that was good, you know. Uh, and so I thought it would be a good uh, opportunity here to, <laughs> and it's funny, we just got a message on Barca Talk. Uh, Patreon, what's up about more corruption news? But I anyway, was, well, <laughs> I was just going to say, you must not have checked the news in the last like hour because it's hot off the presses. The corruption charges are coming against uh, Bartomeo and, and Roselle. Yeah. And, and that's the thing <laughs> with, you know, I, I almost uh, laugh because, you know, the IRS in the U.S. is undefeated, right? Like you don't yeah. mess. Like Al Capone lost the IRS, right? It's yeah. the same thing here in Spain with the Hacienda in the same way. So I think more of that's going to develop over the weekend and those charges are going to be met. And obviously, you know, this is, you know, as we've been talking the last couple of weeks, this is a very serious issue because it really puts into the integrity of the, of the refereeing here along with Barcelona. And like you said in one of our chats one time, I think, until this is resolved, there's always going to be a doubt. And unfortunately, that's just one of the things that has come from this scandal. Yeah. Yeah. They'll have to. And Ella Porta has come out and said, we'll have a press conference about it. You know, he's adamantly denied, you know, any wrongdoing. I don't I don't think that he did. It, but this, but this whole issue goes across multiple presidents, yep. and so, you know, and I'm not exactly sure that something like this would come across a president's desk in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. There might yeah, be yeah. some plausible deniability by sure. not telling them. So, uh, you know, they he need that he needs to come out with something pretty quickly here because, like I said, it, ju- it I just saw it a little bit, probably like 20 minutes ago as well that the charges were coming down. And so there's, there's gotta be something there for them to, to move forward on that. Exactly. Cause you know, if you were completely 100% innocent, you bring out the receipts and you throw Bartomeo under the bus, right? Completely. Like you said, this is all Bartomeo, blah, blah, blah. 
but I think obviously there's more to it, and that's why they have you know they're just saying no in 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 press conferences here and there, but they haven't come fully on yeah. to accept the responsibility of this, right? Because again, the way it's spanned across so many, like you said, so many presidencies, and also the amount of money. I mean, that's the yeah. other thing that is just massive in this, and that's where these other teams, as we've seen, like Sevilla. Cadiz, you know, all the teams in, in La Liga are, are protesting this idea. And again, it's it's going to continue unfold. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's we'll we'll wait for next week to see if further stuff comes out. Let's yeah. let's talk about some optimism with Barcelona and some of the youth. I mean, we want to talk about Barca Athletic. Obviously, I that's a hard thing for me to st- still say. I love saying Barca B. I think yeah, it's just an too. easier role, but we'll talk about Barca Athletic. You are kind of our Man, in the weeds with this, you're always giving us information in our Patreon group about the youth. Yep. Let's 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 highlight some players or some news that you want to go through. I'm going to let you drive the show because, you know, you are our youth expert. Yeah, well, I like what you just said there about let's go into something with some optimism because my my report's not going to totally have a bunch of optimism in it. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, some of it may be to look forward to, but some of it is is just typical Barca. So they kick it off. Ilias and Barbera, almost 100%, you know, going to be gone for, for free next year. So for free. So if you think about it, we've pay, we've paid for these kids. You know, this is a paid program, obviously. That's not anything new in Europe, it, you know, coming from the U.S. It's very important to hear, you know, that there's a paid program. But we've spent, you know, how many years on, on trying to develop these two and, and then to – have the business entity just totally drop the ball on them and let two players like this leave for free this summer is horrible. The, the Lemesia director, Alex Anko is really under scrutiny for this. I would expect to see him, you know, vacate that position anytime from now. Go ahead. Question. So yeah. did these players have, were they on a, on a line to actually be in the senior team or did they just need more time to develop in Barca yeah. athletic? Like what was, yeah. what was their window here? And also yeah. my other question to this, is it just because these other teams were desperate to have them or was Barcelona lazy in trying to negotiate a price? Yeah. What, yeah, what? yeah. Yeah. So I don't, they're, they're talented players. Let's put it that way. They're talented players. Are they, Talented like uh, Gavi and a Pedri and a and a Balde and a Ansu, they're not at that level yet. Do they have potential where they would continue to work? And they're kind of in that range where they just need to continue to work and and see if you can develop that potential. But they're certainly not superstars as of today. So they were, I would call them players in the fringe, right? Like I said, we've spent so much time on them. But that's where I was going, like the business entity has to understand, all right, these are guys that we spent a good amount of time on with them. You know, they're not at that level yet for first team playing time, but we've made an investment for them. So we need to make a decision. My gripe is not that they're leaving. My gripe is how they're leaving. And again, like we're getting nothing for them. So if we, if we, we need to have that that capacity to make a decision on these players and not be afraid of saying, look, we don't think they're first team capable. And because of that, let's, let's send them off somewhere else. And whether that's on loans or whether that's a sell, wh- however that's done, we, 
we can't be afraid of that. We talk about this a lot, actually, in the WhatsApp group about Barcelona loves to hang on to the La Masia players. And I, and I actually love that, that they do, but they have to have a business mentality when they're doing so. So these two players, if they were fringe players, not good enough for first team, they've already spent an investment. You have to make it, like I said, make a decision. And if that's, then they, they should have been in the process of selling these players. But instead, they're walking and we're getting nothing for them. Zero. Nothing for the time and money and effort that's been put into them whatsoever. And that's not what a good academy does from a from a business example. You know what I mean? I remember we talked earlier about this kickback clause, right, with the money that comes in. And maybe, you know, you know it's kind of funny because we are so – advanced with our academy the way we're able to produce so many players but we're so bad on the business side of how we distribute those players and maybe there just needs to be a mandate where each player gets a kickback of five percent regardless and if they're a better player then you you spread that a little bit longer but you need to have some sort of like guarantee of that money back that you have invested right because we're seeing these players like you know i'm not saying these players are going to be superstars but Maybe if they make some decent money and they become starters for Milan and Bruges, for example, like those are really nice incentives. And those teams are willing to pay that kickback because now they have a player that's going to be for their team for the next five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I say, why don't we want to just create a loan environment? You know what I mean? So at least you still have that or. okay. so for an example, uh, when we transferred out in January, we transferred out Sons to to another club and we kept 45 percent of the rights to the player so if he goes there now they're second division but so he's got a path to to you know get into a first team wherever that may be but if that happens and they make a sale we get 45 percent of whatever that sale is for that player so you know that should be a a, a mandate for every player no player get you know if and if they don't want to be part of the program then they sit on the bench and then we'll let them go, but we're not spending any more time on them. So in order to even be part of the academy, you have to sign off on this as an automatic. We're going to get any future sales from you, whether that's us selling you or or you going to another team. Here's we're, we're stamping that on the player, and that's part of what it is. Maybe that'll happen here. Maybe there's been so many uh, players, but... This is not a new. This is not a new issue with La Masia. Yeah. This has been going on for quite some time. They treat it like they're like a little local club. Yeah, they really yeah, yeah. do. I mean, they got these, you know, worldly talents under under their roof, but they treat it like it's the little it's the little stone building that what that they originally built. The thing is, you know, we were talking about in our WhatsApp group how they're selling the seats of the Camp Nou to make yeah. any money, right? And yeah. I feel like this is institutionally always going to be the easiest way to make money for the club, right? Because of the amount of successful players that they're able to produce. And if you have these kickbacks and these mandates to always sell and to look for price, it's easy way to get money. And especially in the financial situation, they really need to shore this up and make sure that these teams in Europe understand what is or how Barca is going to do business in this new world going forward. Because, you know, we're in no position to just discard players easily and not get that money back because we are in such a financial crisis right now. Yep. Yep. I mean, a lot of other clubs uh, in Europe do this, you know, they, they got it down pat, right? I mean, this is part of their process because you have to think they all cannot go to the first team. And I'm not even talking about talent wise. I'm just talking about, you know, years in the range. Like if we, you know, like 
for an example, for center back, like Araujo is not going anywhere for 10 years. You know what I mean? And we're going to have new center backs coming into La Masia every single year. They, they, they can't all make it to the first team. It's just not possible. One out of 10 might, you know what I mean? The other nine out of 10, yeah, we're coming in. We're looking at their potential. We're developing them. And then a decision needs to be made. Yes, they're first team capable or they go somewhere else. It's just has to be part of the process. But like I said, there's a, I think it's, uh, you know, pride of the program as well, where, where they just hang on to these players. But um, again, these two leaving has not sit well with uh, Laporta in the board. And like I said, the director, uh, Alex Anko, is, is uh, really uh, in the hot seat right now. Um, so, so we'll see what happens. But all expectations are from what I've seen on Twitter and what I'm hearing is that he'd probably be uh, out the door and somebody new will come and come inside there. So, so we'll see what happens. Now that was the, that was the doom and gloom part <laughs> when we kick this off. So, so now here's some bright spots to, to take a look at. So uh, Estanis Pedrola, a newer player that's kind of on the scene. He's coming this year and just tore it up. He's a, like I mentioned him before, I think briefly maybe on here or either in the WhatsApp group, he's an attacking forward. He is not your typical Spanish player. Okay. Yes, he can pass the ball. Yes, he can receive the ball. Yes, he can pass it backwards. Yes, he can turn. Yes, he has all those capabilities, but this kid loves to push the ball forward and loves to attack. And he's caught the eye of Chavi, obviously. He's already been he's already been training with them several times. I think he's been on the roster a couple times. I don't know if he's I don't think he's seen uh, time on the pitch yet, but I think his time is coming. I think that's an uh, that's a name for us to keep an eye out because I, and I think in the big picture with Xavi, I think he is starting to understand that Barca's style has to adapt and having a kid like him come in and push that front line and drive the ball forward would certainly help with that with that adaptation. And so I uh, I expect to see him be a first team player, fantastic player. If, if you guys any that's listening don't know who I'm talking about, Google or uh, Google him on or on YouTube and you'll see some fantastic videos of him. He's good player. So I was just kind of looking at his scouting and he's supposed to be on the left wing here. And I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine now. I could consider Remy from San Francisco and we were talking about this idea of why Barcelona cannot develop their own number 9. And I'm looking at his physicality already at 6 foot. Why mm-hmm. couldn't he be a number 9 that yeah. we could just put Maybe. because you know, one of those things is we've been really lucky as a club to get the best number nines in their prime. I mean, we've, yes. I mean, that is a very hard thing to do, right? To always hit on it, right? And obviously the last great is Suarez, obviously, in his prime. But at the same time, you know, trying to develop a number nine that's specific to our system is something that I think we have overlooked. Because on the top of my head, I can't think of a quality number nine that we have actually produced that is perfect for the Barcelona system. Now, I haven't seen yeah. him, this uh, Pedro play yet, but I'm just looking directly at his physicality. I just saw his picture and I was like, number nine. Like that, yep. like to me, he already well, looks like a number nine body. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, I call him a forward. I mean, he's he's technically a left wing. I call the kid a forward. I mean, that's when you see him on the field, you're like, he's not, yeah, he can play wing because again, he does have the presence to take the ball up. Sure. He can acknowledge with, but he loves to attack that box and he loves to attack the net. And to me, he's a forward. So I wouldn't be surprised if that might be the plans for for him moving forward, or or maybe just you know having the ability to play both. So, I mean, um, 
when I look at, I mean, I'm just looking at his picture and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> you can yeah. tell, you can tell this kid is going to grow a couple more centimeters slash inches. Yeah. Like he just has that build that you're just like, oh yes, like that yeah. is. And if he has, and if you're telling me this true, like if he has any footwork that we're used to with our La Masia product, oh my, like those, yeah. like that excites me as a number nine coming from the system, right? Because we already know that the passing style, the, you know, understanding the movement and stuff that is really difficult for players to come in. But if he already has that ingrained with the DNA from La Masia, and then on top of that, the physicality that we're not really used to from Barca players, like that is a nice find for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I didn't even put this in our notes, but okay. Look at him. And okay. Like I said, watch videos of him. You'd be like, Oh wow. Like this kid does like he, I mean, he has, he's an attacker and just imagine just fast forward here in like three or four years and you could have this kid, let's say he's a number nine or let's say they do put him at left wing. That's, that's the position they have him titled in. And then you'd have coming off the right side, you'd have uh Lamal Yamin coming off there. I mean, the, 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 the talent that we have down here, the attacking talent is probably better now than it's been for some time between nice. those two players. And then you got, and then you got Angel Alacan as well in there. You know that's a right winger too. So there's like some attackers that are that are certainly coming up through the through the pipeline. I didn't put uh, Lamine on my notes here because I've talked about him so much. So and he's only 15, so I want to give the kid a break. Like let's not yeah, put too yeah, much yeah, yeah. pressure on him. So um, yeah, but, but but the thing is, but the thing is, you know, I think more than anything with our youth system, it is like really easy or not easy, not really easy. I want to say easier to just see how they're going to slot into the senior team, right? Because yeah. it is a one for one, you know? Yep. And I don't think you get that in other teams and systems as easily, right? But with our youth system, since we are matching, you know, almost one for one for youth to, to the senior team, you can really already envision like that player doing what he's doing at Barca Athletic yep. and, and, you know, extrapolating what he's going to do you know when i think about let's say the nfl draft the one of the hardest things to do like when you're looking for a quarterback is to evaluate the system he's in the competition he's played against and then trying to pick that and say he's going to succeed in the nfl whereas our la masia you know our prospects i feel like we always have a better idea of what they're doing because it's just a really nice one-to-one fit and also they're playing in segunda yeah when you have a style Right when you have a style, you bring in. Play- I mean, look at Kunde. Kunde's a fantastic center back, but even look at him struggle when he's required to bring the ball out. When I know we're making him play out of position on right back, but look at his footwork or lack of footwork when he's like put under pressure and needs to do something with it. Like you can really see him struggle. That's something that our the kids in in Lemesia have been taught since day one. You know what I mean? Since they've been six, seven, eight years old, or whenever they've joined up or whatever. So that's like come second nature to them. So you don't even have to worry about that, that type of, you know, fundamental for them. They, they're already ingrained in the style. And I do like the fact that we have a style. We talk a, l- a lot about it, whether there needs to be a style or when he comes first or whatever, but these players are like plug and play, like they're ready to go and look at, I mean, look at Balde, right. And I've talked about him many times. Like there was, he was just like Ilias and Barbera, um, where he was a fringe player. They didn't know if he was going to make it. And just because of the financial reasons and because we, because of, you know, lack of players or whatever, Kuman gave him a, a chance, just gave him a sniff 
of a chance. And obviously Chavi kept him on and he's, t- he's taken full advantage of that. And if, if you would have went and signed, uh, look at all the other right backs that we've tried to sign and look at what's happened to them. None of them have stayed. None of them have made it. And so if Balde was like a left back that we would have signed, even from, even from La Liga, let's say it came from, you know, Batiste or, you know, wherever he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to fit in like he has and just, you know, just conquer that left side like like he has because they don't know the style. So that's why the academy to me is so freaking important. I got to say really quick before we move on to Ronaldinho's son, but man, when I saw Kunde last weekend, goddamn, dude, he is so good. Troy, yeah. you're going to love watching him. The thing that I'm so impressed with is that he's just going to get better understanding yeah. the system yeah. because he's so physically gifted. Yeah. He's one of those players that takes five strides and is already halfway through the field. Like yeah, you, yeah, when yeah. you, yeah, when, when you go, pace. yeah, when you go watch yeah. him live, just focus on him for five minutes and you're just like, oh my God, I wish I could run as easily as he does. He is awesome to watch in presence. So I, yeah. I, I highly recommend. All right, let's move into Ronaldinho's son who got signed. Is he really this good or is this a nepotism <laughs> pick? What, what, it's what's a, your thoughts? In my opinion, right now, it's a nepotism pick. It's a project I put it out here, you know, helping out a legend. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's he's not top talent yet. So, but let's see what he does with proper coaching. He's he's been bouncing around a lot. Uh, spent some time at PSG, Flamengo, and you know, uh, so he's been bouncing around a lot. So let's see what happens. Right, he's he's already an older player. But could be a you know could be a good player for obviously the U19s and let's see if he gets time on on Barca B Barca Athletic. Let's see what he can do. He obviously he's got the bloodline, yeah. Um, so he's got that. But um, I don't think it's I don't think it was a bad. It wasn't a you know necessarily a bad thing to do. You never know. I mean, he could he could you know blossom into a really good player. He's just not there yet. It's not like Man, we're bringing what? in like a you know one of these. Other players from you know Brazil that everyone's earmarking already. So. Yeah, what pressure! I know it. <laughs> it's like, I know it. <laughs> it's like, hey, can you play um, Brazilian ping pong off the goalpost like your dad did in the Nike commercial? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. God, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you? I know. I always feel bad for for kids like that because you're like, they'll never live up. They'll never. It doesn't matter what they do. They'll never live up. He'll never live up to his dad. It it rarely ever happens. Rarely ever happens. Uh, the only well, time kids like exceed their their parents in sports is when their when their parent was like kind of just like maybe an average. Fringe. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. That's you the know? thing is like like you said. Hopefully, with you know some steady coaching and just maybe yeah. a more stable environment, might that might help them out to develop yeah, yeah. further. Yeah, and that goes into the next player, Julian Araujo from uh, LA Galaxy. So same type of thing. Now we talked about the style. He's somewhat familiar with the style, and I'll kind of explain this a little bit more. He came from the Barca Residence Academy in Phoenix. Uh, he was there for several years, and then obviously went into the Galaxy program, and obviously in the coaching, you know, from the Galaxy compared to Europe and Barcelona, will obviously come into question. He, you know, they signed him. They wanted to get him in January. We couldn't do it. They're 18 seconds late. How that happens, I don't know. That's for a whole nother day. But they, <laughs> but they couldn't. Uh, and then, of course, you know, they're blaming, you know, whatever. UEFA, but um, hold on, hold uh, on, Troy. Let's go back to that. The, 
the 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 thing that shouldn't wrap your head around is the 18 seconds late is if if they would have been 18 seconds early that would have flipped your mind yeah that would have really (laughs) that would have blown my mind i mean i know they love doing things to the last minute we've seen all the reports where the 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 journalists are outside the barca offices and the pizza guys coming in with the 10 boxes of pizza and they're all in the office till the you know late at night and they come out and everyone's getting But let me let's go let's go back to this because (laughs) you know this player could have found playing time already yeah. to give Kunde some rest or even push Kunde to the middle yeah. when we had these issues. And so these are the things like that drive me crazy because, you know, if you're so interested in this player to sign him, I think there would have been an opportunity for him to try to get some playing time. I'm not saying he would have started or anything like that. I'm just saying a yeah. spot start here or there or come in as a sub because he is a true right back. Yeah, yeah, he is a true right back. So he certainly would have been able to help. Um, is he a Barca level talent right now? A starter at right back all the time, and uh, on a on a team that where is not uh, you know undergoing financial issues? Absolutely not. Like he'd certainly be a bench player. Can he get there? Maybe. Can he get there? Maybe. Again, he's a project. Um, but at the very least, he would have he would have been able to bring some minutes to that to that position where I don't think that it would have been. A danger level is he is he going to be able to line up against Vinicius absolutely not yeah. is he going to be able to line up against probably 85 percent of La Liga in league games probably and do okay probably does he have better concentration than Sergio Dest uh I would say yes okay so that's already a yes. spot yeah I mean because yeah. like Dest I think had flashes where you're like okay he can handle it but man, yeah. he his lapses of concentration on defense and positioning yeah. cost the team so many times on yep. counterattacks and goals. I'm not trying to pin it all on him, but you could yeah. definitely pinpoint when he just was like not paying attention, you know? Yep. And I feel, you know, especially at right back or left back in this Barca system, obviously defense comes first to be able to run the lines, hold that position, you know, be there for support. But if you can give some ounce of attack and just be there as a person, like you know, just to cover those lines on counters, I think you have a spot on this team. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the the thing about Dest is, I don't know, he came in at a really unfair time when we had age on that back line and the players weren't playing really well and everybody was, you know, disenchanted and out of order. There's obviously, they've obviously improved tremendously on that back line. So could Dest fit in there and play well? Don't know. Don't know if we'll ever find out. And he's coming back. They... They don't want to, Milan doesn't want to keep him for next year. So he's coming back. So we either have to sell him or do something. So we'll, we'll see what happens with him. But Araujo will bring, will bring some, um, will bring some, the ability to have him play there and give, you know, Kunde a break or whatever goes on. So, and again, like we talked about earlier about a plug and play, he's, he's somewhat familiar with the style, you know, because he played at the Residence Academy. Um, and so he's got some familiarity with their style. It's to- it's not the exact same, not by a long shot of what they do at that academy versus what they do, you know, in Barca at La Masia. But um, at least it's better than somebody who's coming from a completely different the street. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think it's also a nice story that you know, especially players in the Barca Academy here in Phoenix have something to look forward to. That like, if you do this X Y Z, you know. Uh, eat your Cheerios, you know, understand yeah, the Barca yeah, yeah. philosophy. Yeah. You do have a shot to, to actually make it across the pond. Yeah. Well, that's what I was actually one of the topics I put in the notes here. I, I would like to see a lot more of that happen because he's really, he's really the only one that there's ever been chatter about. 
And there's been a lot of other players that have come through there that are playing in the pros, right? Now, a lot of MLS kids, and there's some out scattered out through Europe. Um, you know, right now it's really a business venture. And for those who really know what it is, do they have high level coaching there? Absolutely. Are they 100% Americanized there? Absolutely. It's a business venture. This is a group that's that started a company and were able to utilize the the Barcelona label. Residents can be they have close ties, but this is not this academy is not run by FC Barcelona. Okay, and neither are any of the other ones. They're all across the globe. They have academies everywhere, and again, close ties, yes, but they're all run by third party companies, and they will utilize uh, X. Uh, you know, Barca Academy coaches that, you know, that are part of the, not La Masia, well, maybe some La Masia coaches, but from the academy that are there in Barcelona, um, you know, for the more of the regular kids to play into, they'll utilize coaches. And some of them are really good coaches. I know some of them, um, but this is not Barcelona saying, here's, you know, a full umbrella of our, of our academies, of our style. And we're going to come in and we're going to critique the whole process and train and on that. And I just don't understand why I know why they did it to spread the name, to generate money. They're actually part of the, uh, uh, the BLM. That's what, that's what they fall under uh, that Barca sold like 49% of um, as one of the levers uh, in last summer. Um, but I just don't understand why they don't take advantage of it. They have, again, I think there's like 30. There's like 30 some. Don't quote me on that. But it's around that across the globe, not just the United States. There's like six or seven here. There's some in you know, Costa Rica. There's some uh, Argentina. They're all over the place. So why, why, don't we, why doesn't Barcelona just say, let's use this, man? Like, you know, we talk about uh, them I mean, scouting and getting talent. Like, Yeah, and I, and I think it really just comes down to the, you know, as we were talking earlier this week, just – the idea of cost, right? It's yeah. so much easier to bring a cost of a player from Europe than it is from across the pond. That's just really what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. And the player has to be really exceptional for them to just invest. You know, right now, I would say maybe, you know, uh, 10 years ago or maybe eight years ago, meh, five years, let's go five years, five years yeah. ago when they thought they were money wasn't stopping, you know, I think yeah, they, yeah, would, yeah. they would bring some more players, but now they really have to mind their P's and Q's on that. And I think, you know, obviously, they're always going to prefer Spain, Catalonia, and Europe before yeah. they go to just because of the cost. That's really yeah. what it comes down to, unfortunately. Yeah, but then we spend money on on buying players every single year, then too. And it's oh, like, I know, I know, it's I like, know. Couldn't, you couldn't have developed that player in any of your academies around the globe, and I, I guess had an easier transition. I know there's rules though about kids under 18 from sure. some countries. There's a whole big, you know, there's a whole big issue that that Barcelona had with. Uh, you know, that player from, I think, Japan that came yeah. in and an American and an yeah. American from from actually from California, from L.A. had come in and some, I don't know all the intimate details or it doesn't even matter. But um, but that's why I say, why aren't you developing them there in those countries? And then when the time is right, then bring them over here to whether they go to the first team or Barca B or whatever. I'm just thinking they could do a better job. Sure, sure. And I think, yeah. you know, the other thing too, I, you know, before we move on to the athletic uh, Bilbao preview, you know, this idea of the soccer football culture that's happening in the U.S. has to change 180, right? Because yeah. this pay-to-play system, we're missing out on athletes, this type of idea of Barcelona to invest. Sure, like it's a good idea to have these like subsidiary academies that they have. But at the same time, I just feel that they still don't have full confidence on these American players. And I and until someone breaks through, I mean, even yeah. Pulisic right now, right? Like 
Yeah. I think, you know, in my heart of hearts, I think he would be a great Barcelona player. I think he would fit the system really well with his background at Dortmund. But even he, as being one of the top American players, cannot get playing time at Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. right now. Chelsea, yeah. right? Like, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. Yeah. Like, so, again, it's still going to be this bias, you know, and, and yeah. especially I still feel that, I mean, think about just really quick on, on just before we move on. Think about the best North American player in the last five years. For me, that's Alfonso Davies, right? And that's yeah. one out of what? Like 200 yeah. plus players, you know? And yeah, he's an exceptional player, but I think I think they, the gamble is still always going to be in your backyard of Catalonia and Spain. And that's yeah. just how it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I agree. Before we move on to Bilbao preview, can you give us an update just really quick on the stats on actually the how they're ranking in the tables for each of those leagues? Yeah, yeah. Barca B, Barca Athletics sitting sixth in the league. I would call that a success. As Hell yeah. Talked, yeah, talked, I mean, they've had a lot of churn of players. There was a lot, a lot of as, movement of players. I always uh, say as long as they don't get relegated, that's yeah. always the key, right? Yeah. Because they're playing yeah. against men. Like That's it's right. not, they're not yeah. playing against children. They're playing against men. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are like 30 year old, you know, you see, yeah, them, you yeah, see yeah, for watch sure. some of these games that you know, these guys are like getting, you know, they got gray in their beard or gray in their yeah, hair already. Three and kids, kids, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 15 year olds out there. So, but the, actually, and uh, so they're sitting uh, six in the league, 12 behind 12 points behind the leader, one, three and one in their past five games. So not, not bad. They're playing, they're playing really well. Um, actually, um, and again, like I said, they play a tad bit more of a different style, a little bit, obviously, a little bit more defensive of a style, you know, per their coach, and which I think is a good thing for these players. And again, these types of games that they're playing in are much more intense. They're they're running a lot more. Uh, they're they're not as talented of players that they're playing against, and so they have to utilize, you know, the physicality, you know, versus talent. And so it does get them ready for, you know, for the first team if they're going to make that move. So. Uh, so I, I would call that a success already. Yeah, and then another sure. key note is uh, our U19 team, the Juvenal A team, uh, were knocked out uh, of the UEFA uh, uh, Youth League uh, to a, a squad, uh, AZ Alkmaar from their Dutch team. And it was funny, we were talking about, you know, these playing against men or whatever. That team hit the pitch. I watched them. And all those kids are 19 years old, man, and they were just big. I mean, there's Dutch yeah. are pretty big in the first place, Correct. and they were just like all big. And here come our little kids. <laughs> <laughs> here they come, and I mean, half the team's probably under 16. You know, we yeah, got, yeah, yeah. You know, Lamine's out there. We got Luke, Lucas Ramon uh, that we just signed, and he's like little five five little kid out here. You know, running around, and um, we were just, I mean, they, we were just outmatched. That that squad had played together forever. Like I said, they were older. They just, you know, were just had much more. Yeah, I mean, experience than we did. So, like you said, the Juvenil is going to be skewed down lower because yeah. if you're 19, 20, you're going to be on Barca Athletic. Whereas these other teams, like this Dutch team, like they're going to be pushing the 19 limit, you know, and they're going to be right. like tall. Yeah. I mean, these Dutch kids are tall and, and ready to go. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool. I mean, like I said, I think anytime Barca Athletic can be in the middle of the pack and secure of not relegation, yeah. I think that's amazing because, like, for example, when I think about it right now, when I lived in um, Saragossa, for example, you know, like they are about to get relegated and I understand that they don't have the financing and backing of Barca, but like that is a team that needs to be in La Liga because it's one of those, yeah. like, you know, those teams here in Spain and to see that Barca Athletic are holding their own. It's just really cool because again, yep. 
like you said, they're playing against men, and yeah, it's just it's awesome for them. All right, let's get into the Bill Bow preview. They go to seven mes, and it was funny because in my idea of the preview, I was like, you know, it's going to be a tough match. Obviously, in the Sama Mes, really difficult place to play. It's always raining in the north of Spain this weekend. Sunny. So, <laughs> so there goes my preview yeah. for that. So it's going to be not raining in Bilbao Sunday night, apparently. So that's that's good news for Barca. But I just kind of want to really, you know, I don't think there's really much to say about this matchup in that, you know, obviously Ernesto Valverde is the coach of Bilbao. Bilbao yep. are not high flying like they were in the beginning of the season. Uh, I believe their their last five is a tie, two losses, two wins. Again, very inconsistent, but. Most recently, they bought, they got both Williams brothers back, and they've been mm-hmm. kind of turning that around. Uh, most likely, they were going to be playing a four-two-three-one, as EV loves to play that system, which I always love that system as well. Yeah. Uh, anything you're looking at this matchup? I mean, I understand. You know, we have Arahu out. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if Lewandowski is going to play. That's going to be a game time decision. I hope he comes in maybe in the second half to like maybe give an extra twenty minutes. We basically have our midfield back kind of, you know, about there. But anything you're looking at this matchup going into this MMS on Sunday night? I think it'll be a typical match that you've seen Barca play against La Liga in the past, you know, three to four years where they're going to sit back. They're going to play the deep block. I, you know, put in the notes, they'll probably play tight and compact, you know, looking for the counter since they got, you know, they have the both Williams brothers will be up top with their speed and their pace. So it's just going to be a typical game. I think we'll hold possession and try to break down that defense, and they're going to wait for us to make a mistake and and try to attack, especially since Araujo will be out uh, of this match. So good thing is, yeah, that we'll have Kunde. I fully expect him, you know, to to be pulled into the middle because we're going to need we're going to need him to match up. Um, so we'll be pretty secure with Christensen and Kunde in the middle there. What we do with the right back spot will be the big question mark. Um, I'm assuming, I'm assuming Sergio Roberto goes there. Um, so that could be a danger spot for us anytime yeah. he's in that spot. It might be, but I think it's going to be, I think it'll be another one, one zero, you know, game. It's t- just a typical game that we, you know, are somewhat used to seeing. Hopefully we don't just throw 47 crosses into the middle <laughs> trying to score, but that's, that's what my expectation is. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a tough matchup again. I don't see any way around that. I really hope that we are able to get those three points. I think that is first and foremost the the goal of this. You know, get it however you can just to put more pressure for the following weekend for the Clasico. But again, I think it's going to be an interesting way to mix and match the back line because obviously on paper I would say put Kunde in the middle. But then who do you put at right back? Sergio Roberto. And I can tell you, (laughs) I had the opposite feelings when I saw him in person last weekend. Man, he just blends in. You're like, he doesn't do anything. Like, you're just like, ah, this guy. I think the other thing, too, is the attack. I, You know, over the weekend, you know, on Sunday, we saw, obviously, with the PK fiasco with Ferran and Ansu, without Lewandowski, man, we we struggle, man. We struggle. And the other thing, too, is, you know, we want a player like Rafinha or Ansu or for, you know, all of these players to take their chance, take this opportunity and go for goal. I have to be honest, like the only player I have confidence right now, and it's like maybe 40% is Rafinha. Obviously, he yeah. scored on Sunday, really nice heading goal. But at the same time, it's just, you know, especially watching the women play beforehand, 
it's this hunger for gold that I still think we lack sometimes of just the mix and match. You know, I'm not saying we have to pump in 45 crosses, but let's shoot outside the box, man. Yeah, I know Rafinha, do- shots. I know, I know Rafinha yeah. does that, but like Fernando yeah. Torres is always trying to go to the end line. And it's just like, you don't have to do that every time, you know? Yeah. And yeah. in this match, especially in this match where I think Bill Bow is going to be really happy for us to have the possession and then counter on us. We have to really be choosy and really just go for it. I mean, I think we kind of almost have nothing to to lose in the, in the sense in that we are going with like our B team essentially, mm-hmm. and we just need to get points. So again, it's going to be tough, you know, especially with with Bill Bow, how they uh, love to uh, raise a lot of elbows in that. And on <laughs> yeah, top of that, obviously, good. on top of that, we have Guild the Thrill being the ref for oh. this match. On t- yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He must not have got any of that payment money along the years. Yeah, uh, no, 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 Again, it's gonna it's gonna be a Sunday night matchup here, so it's prime time here in yeah. Spain. And again, I especially with the week coming up that Barcelona do not have to play this week, which is great. Uh, Madrid have to play Liverpool. You know who, oh, who knows yes. what happens there with the Champions League. So this is gearing up for the Clasico, where you know with these two matches back to back, obviously. Barcelona can put even more pressure and really have La Liga in their sight. So, uh, Troy, thanks again for the Barca youth update. We'll see how Barca fare this weekend in SMS. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. Podcast Network.